Now on Cape Ham 860, the marriage team is at your service. We've only just begun to live White lace and promises A kiss for luck and we're on our way Few things are more complicated than getting relationships right. And here are marriage coaches Al and Autumn Ray to empower you for a winning marriage. Welcome to Marriage Team. This is Coach Al, and I'm here with Autumn, and we're glad to be back with you. Uh, last week, we were actually in North Carolina at my dad's 90th birthday, and uh, it was amazing. It was the 90th birthday, and everybody sort of descended to see him, and uh, yet when the actual surprise party occurred, it was still a surprise. Now, you might think that's because my dad's 90, but my dad's 90, and he's still driving, and he's going strong, and uh, he's sharp as a tack. Yeah, and I, sh- I should add, he's driving well. Yeah. <laughs> he's not just driving. He does drive well. So anyways, it was uh, it was a blessing to be back there and to see everybody for that, and uh, we just uh, thank Gil and Brenda Stewart, our friends, for filling in as hosts last week and talking to you about their uh, program called Restored and Remarried for Blended Families. But we're back with you today. And we're going to be talking about myths associated with marriage. Uh, Many people think that falling in love is easy. It just happens. You don't have to worry about it. And while that seems to be true, uh, the problem becomes staying in love and being able to continue that same kind of feeling into the married life. And uh, part of that comes about with definition. And there are some myths that contribute to uh, some of the difficulties that we face in our married life. So as we get started today, Autumn, what is the first myth that we're going to be talking about? Well, I think the first myth we wanted to discuss was uh, the purpose of marriage is our personal happiness. And I know that a lot of the couples we work with believe that. Now, remember, we're talking about myths. These are untruths, <laughs> lies. And so the untruth is the purpose of marriage is for our personal happiness. But how many of us walk down that aisle thinking that that's what the purpose of this relationship is going to be. And the happily ever after should happen in real life, not just in fairy tales. But what do we do to maintain that happily ever after? And, you know, while I'm thinking about it, Alan, happily ever after is really a myth too, because no one is happy 100% of the time over a lifetime. So that would be a myth too. But if you're looking at the purpose of marriage, If it's not your personal happiness, if that's a lie, a myth, then what would be the truth? What would you, if you were walking down the aisle, what should you have in your mind? Well, as Alan and I thought about that, it became clear we are co-founders of Marriage Team, and so we're all about team decisions and team happiness. So I think I might change that statement to say the purpose of marriage is our team happiness, and then what does that mean? How do you go about establishing team happiness rather than personal happiness? Well, and in the team happiness, it really focuses on how you work together to become mm-hmm. like one. I mean, we marriage talks about two becoming one. And when you think about all the individuals that come together for a team, the team then operates as one. And that's what we're really talking about here is how does how do you as individuals come together so that both of you get a win in the relationship? And when you both win, then you both feel better and happy. I mean, there's a, an, a 
euphoria that goes along with winning in the game. And in- well, anybody who's played a team sport knows that it's all about winning the game and what goes on afterwards and the party and everybody congratulating everybody slapping people on the back. If you've ever experienced that, that's what we, Alan and I, believe can take place in a marriage relationship. But the difference is we don't go into marriage that way, thinking that, wow, this is a team that needs to learn to play together, to play the game of life together. We go into it thinking we're already established. We won't have any problems. We know how to deal with all the issues that will come up or no issues will come up that we can't deal with. And and that's a, a falsehood. So that when those things happen, we don't think, oh, this is just a weakness on the team. Let's figure out how to how to be a better team. We say things like, oh, we got married too young. We've grown apart. I married the wrong person. Instead of saying, hmm, this is just a glitch in the relationship. Let's work to put it back together again. Right. And instead of saying, what can we do to buck up and make it work? We start to look to make uh, place blame, make excuses. I mean, for everybody that's playing football, uh, it's now August and you're back to summer practice. And, you know, you don't go into summer practice thinking it's going to be easy and, you know, there's not going to be a lot of blood, sweat and tears that go into it. You go into it knowing it's going to be work and it's going to it, it's going to be hard work if you're going to come together and have a winning team. And just think what a, what a difference it would make if we went into our marriage with that same kind of of uh, of mental toughness and mental preparedness that it was going to continue to be work and that the rewards would come when we put in the hard work and then we can win as a team. Boy, if that was our attitude, this first myth, myth would be blown out of the water. Absolutely. And I'm thinking about your analogy of the football players. I, they go out there, they learn their team plays, they get out on the field. If a play isn't working, they go, oh, this teammate needs to do this and this teammate needs to do that. And the way we live our lives together is exactly the same way. We have arguments, we have disagreements. I want to buy a, a bigger house. You don't want to buy a bigger house. I want to work in a big city. You want to work in a small city. Things happen like that throughout your lifetime. But in a marriage myth relationship, you think that you should agree all the time, that you should both have the same goals all the time, and you don't realize that you have to step back and go, oh, wait a minute. I want this and you want this. So how do the two of us work together to achieve what's best for the team? instead of what's best for me. Right. And what you just described, Autumn, really goes right into that second myth that we're going to be talking about. And that myth is that the goal of married life is to get my mate, uh, my teammate, to submit to my way of thinking. <laughs> Boy, I know a lot of people think that's their goal. And, and you know, when people come to coaching, they often come, or even counseling, they come with the expectation, if you just fix my teammate, everything's going to be all right. And all of those dichotomies and issues that Autumn you know, just created about where you're going to work, where you're going to live, number of kids, all of those things. We tend to think that if my spouse would just agree with me, then everything would be okay. So they need to to lose. They need to give up something so that I can win and I can feel good because it's all about me and my happiness. And that's, again, that mindset that we come into marriage with, that it's about my happiness and it is self-defeating. It's one of those spiritual principles that's counterintuitive. I mean, we 
we tend to think that if we put our needs first, then we'll be happy. But in actuality, when we put our spouse's needs first, when we work together as a team so that they can feel fulfilled and they can they can feel a win, then the relationship is better and we also win and get the benefits of a better, stronger relationship. No, I was thinking about an example of this myth um, in a relationship that we're familiar with uh, and working with now. Um, there, the woman wants to adopt kids and the guy does not want to adopt kids. He wants to have natural kids. And so, you know, here we have an impasse in this marriage relationship. It, that kind of thing can destroy a relationship. And they can say, well, it was his fault, you know, because he didn't agree with me. And or or she could he could say it's her fault because, you know, she wanted to adopt kids and I never wanted to adopt kids. But this couple has taken a step back and said, wait a minute, you know, we're committed to this relationship. We're not leaving the game. We're staying in here. We just have to figure out how to come with to terms with this. And sometimes that means waiting, investigating things, looking at all angles. And, and maybe somebody will change their mind. We don't know. But the couple's willing to hang in there and love each other and care for each other while they work through this very difficult issue. Right. And there are no easy answers for some of these. Some of these just take that putting the other person's needs first, talking, working through it, and looking at what all the possible options are. So why is it that it seems in this day and age, couples are unable to see the other point of view? Couples come into the relationship thinking it's my way and I'm right and the other person has to see it my way. And all you have is World War II from, you know, probably three weeks after they're married. Right. If you have some insight into that, if you have some ideas on why it's so difficult for uh, married partners to view themselves as a team, we'd love to get your input. Uh, you can call us at 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. Or 877-774-KPAM. We'll be taking those calls after break when we come back. And we'll be talking about and finishing up our discussion on this second myth and how you can really overcome this myth with some easy action. Now more of the Marriage Team coaches Al and Autumn Ray on KPAM 860. Coach Autumn, and we're glad you're joining us. Uh, when we left for break, we posed a question to the, our listeners. Uh, why is it so difficult to view marriage as a team effort, and why is that so hard for people to do nowadays? And if you're interested in sharing your thoughts on that, you can call 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. And we have uh, Eric from Lake Oswego, and Eric, uh, you're on the Hello. air. Hi, thanks. Hi, Eric. Yeah, I, I just uh, switched on, and um, this is kind of right up our alley, and that uh, my wife and I have seen each other's point of view. It's hard work. It's really hard, and the one of the real impetuses to do hard work is not leaving. In other words, there's not an option. And so, to my mind, the most important thing to see in someone else's point of view is just being committed to be there. Because when the rubber hits the road and it gets really difficult, if I'm on the exit, I don't 
you know, why do the hard work? Why yeah. do you see the point of view? I can leave. Eric, do you actually say those words to each other, or can you give an example of how the two of you know that you're not leaving? The, um, well, from from the get go, from we've been married it's thirty years this year. Congratulations! Um, thanks. Uh huh. Um, what, it's kind of a trick question. What we do is when we're talking with others, sometimes we'll say, "What's what's the most important thing in a marriage?" And generally, what people say is love. You got to love the other person, and. Believe it or don't, even from when we were kids, because we were married pretty young, uh-huh. the most important thing wasn't love, it was commitment. Uh-huh. It was just to be there no matter what. And it's, um, it's an easy thing to say, and it, gets, it can be really hard to do, but when we fall back on, there's no option, which totally flies in the face of modern society. I mean, there's options everywhere. You can do anything you want to do. But what we did was, from early on, we just took it off the table. We're not going to leave. Um, and and that's and it's come up. I mean, in thirty years, we've had some real rough. Uh, thank you for sharing that because that's our motto. Everybody does. If you're married, you're going to have problems. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's uh, that's just my thought. And uh, well, thank you so much for sharing that. And I we couldn't agree with you more. If you take the option off the table, you're not going to be traded for another teammate. <laughs> you're yeah. going to be working yeah. together. Yeah, and Eric, you know, you you defined love as commitment, and you sort of stole our thunder, actually, because that is the key, one of the keys that we were going to be talking about is the fact that we really do misunderstand in today's society what love means, because that feeling good feeling uh, is probably going to last all of a couple weeks after the honeymoon, and then it is the commitment and the willingness to work and hang in there and not look at other options that keep a marriage going for the long haul. You're absolutely right. And something else has come up in my mind with you saying that, because I don't want to, it just struck me that I sound all doom and gloom. It's not. After we are so much enjoying being together after all this time, yeah. it's like, and we just laugh now, you just can't imagine not being together. So mm-hmm. it actually, working through the hard stuff has made, uh, we're like happy as teenagers a lot of times. Yeah, the pot of gold at the end of that rainbow, it really is there. And if only we could convince people who think it's not there. So you've done a great job, and boy, we thank you a lot. And uh, thanks a lot for listening today, Eric. You know, and Eric, you uh, you bring up something, too, that uh, is a good, t- good thing to share here, is that uh, for couples like yourself that are in good, strong marriages, uh, we do have a coach training that we offer in the fall. So if you're interested and other listeners might be interested in uh, becoming a marriage coach, you can look us up on the website at marriageteam.org. Or give us a call at four five three six zero four five zero six zero four two. So, thanks. thanks a lot, Eric. Sure. So that was a, a great call that um, just went to the heart of what we've been talking about here today. Is the idea of commitment and the myth of marrying and uh, living happily ever after without any other work is just that it's a myth. I think as I was listening to Eric, though, too, part of what happens in relationships is they get to that point where the feelings aren't there and they don't know how to get them back and they don't have the skills. You know, Eric and his wife hang in there until they get it right. But there are a lot of couples out there who don't have the skills. They don't listen. They don't understand. They don't know how to communicate and and speak to be understood and then how to problem solve. So when you get to that point, you need a boost. You need a a little helping hand, and that's what coaches are are out there for. So when you get to that point, 
you don't go, oh, I'm going to throw in the towel. You go, oh, this is great. I know right where I am at this point. I need a little coaching. And then you go and get those skills. Right. Can you imagine if everybody showed up to uh, football practice in August with their own playbook yeah. and there wasn't a coach to say, no, this is the playbook we're going to use and, and get everybody on the same page. What, yeah. a, what a chaotic mess that would be. And uh, the same happens uh, in marriage for, um, for teams that are struggling. So that brings us to myth number three. And uh, Autumn, what do, you, what do you have to say about myth number three? Love is what holds a marriage together. And I, if I could sing a song about it, I would. <laughs> this is exactly what Eric was talking about, our caller today. It is commitment. And it's not just commitment to hold the marriage together, but it's commitment to growing your relationship. Because you can be committed to staying together, which is totally different than what Eric was talking about. He was talking about committed to making it work. And that's what the difference is. So if you're committed to growing your relationship, what kinds of things might you do, Alan, when you get stuck and you find yourself playing, thinking that you're playing on a different team? Well, there are, there are a lot of things you could do. We've already alluded to one, which is to get some help, uh, to uh, you know call for a coach, get some counseling, do something so that you can help to reframe your own thinking about the relationship and get an, get an outside uh opinion, so to speak, or an outside uh, view to try and help you work through it. Well, so there are a lot of people out there who really believe that love is what holds a marriage together. Maybe it depends on how you define the word love. Right. And I like the way Eric defined it was that commitment. It is really working through it. And so much of that is putting yourself second. And that is so hard. First of all, it's hard to do. And second of all, it's sort of countercultural right now to put yourself second. If you if you just think about it, if your goal was to make sure that your teammate felt understood and valued, you know, think about the number of issues that would be resolved really pretty easily if you were really concerned about helping them to feel good about the solution. Yeah. And you might put yourself second. But by putting yourself second, the team wins. So you get that win anyway. Right. <clears throat> so that's a, that's a hard mindset to take. But if you can take that, for those of you that might be struggling right now, if you just say, so if I were to take a step back and if I were to put myself in my spouse's shoes and actually articulate the argument from their position and try to be a, pretend you're a good friend of theirs and now you're going to help them solve it from their, from their view, you know, what would you come up with? And that's undoubtedly going to be a whole lot different than the, probably the way you were approaching it prior to that. It is absolutely revolutionary when you're able to do that. I know when Alan and I get to that point and I say, well, wait a minute, is this what you're thinking? Because this, this, and this, and I get that understanding that, oh my goodness, he feels this way about it. I had no idea that that's how he felt because I was only seeing it from my point of view. It can totally revolutionize any kind of disagreement that you might have. Right, because your spouse didn't get up in the morning, uh, at least most of our spouses don't get up in the morning trying to make us upset or you know, trying to be contrary. Example of that is, I know when we were first married, I was kind of a perfectionist and the house had to be perfect all the time and, and uh, 
you know, the meals had to be perfect all the time. And if we, I was having anybody over for dinner, you know, the closet in the back bedroom had to be straightened up or I didn't feel comfortable. And it took a while to, and here's Alan, you know, going, who cares, you know, have him come in, throw some hamburgers on the table, we'll have a great time. But it was my self-image about if everything isn't perfect, it reflects on me. And when Alan got that, and I don't think I ever really explained it that way, but when you finally got that and said, oh, this is how you feel about that, wow, I didn't understand that. You know, I can help clean up the kitchen and help clean up the other room. But just the fact that he understood was the beginning of me not being such a perfectionist because it wasn't about my personal self-esteem being wrapped up in the whole house. And that's just one little story. Can you imagine over time, over 30 years of marriage, if every time you had that kind of disagreement, you really tried to understand what was going on from your teammates' point of view? So, Alan, you, you had a story about Bill Bennett, didn't you? About Yeah, I did. Yeah. And this is a, this is a story that uh, Bill Bennett was former educational secretary, and he was invited to a colleague's wedding. And uh, they didn't use the traditional vows. They came up with their own vows, and they pledged to stay together as long as love shall last. It was about two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I mean, that really has a nice ring to it, you know, as long as love shall last. Um, so... For their wedding gift, uh, he got them uh, paper plates <laughs> as a wedding gift. Uh, and I guess the message there is that uh, as long as lo- love shall last is probably about as long as paper plates would last uh, a marriage. Uh, it, it, and again, it goes back to how do you define love. But as long as commitment shall last, uh, that to me makes a whole lot more sense if you were to use that word. And then you can buy the china. Then you can buy them china, exactly. Well, we're going to take a break right now. If you would like to join in this conversation, and maybe you have one of your own myths and something that you've realized was just patently false, we'd love to hear it. You can call 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. You're listening to Marriage Team. to the marriage coaches who can help you achieve a winning marriage team. It's coaches Al and Autumn Ray on KPAM 860. Welcome back to Marriage Team. I'm Coach Al and I'm here with Coach Autumn today. We're your hosts and we just wanted to share about an opportunity for coach training that'll be coming up in October. Uh, We have twice a year uh, in the spring and in the fall coach training. It's uh, given free for uh, up to 30 couples. I think we need to stress that, <laughs> that free part, yeah. because it's 24 hours of training over two weekends, and we have paid $600, $700 to go to training, the two of us, uh, in different areas. So it's really a great value that we're offering this training for free. Right, and, the, and when people come out of the training, they do feel equipped to coach another couple to meet them where they are, to ask the right questions, to be a coach, to not give advice, but to help a couple grow and apply the principles that we're talking about on the air uh, here today. So give us a call, and you can do that at 360-450-6042, or you can get onto the website at marriageteam.org. So as we went to break, we were talking about commitment, and uh, we wanted to follow up and give you a little bit more insight and in-depth understanding of what that commitment might look like. Well, the commitment was associated with one of the myths 
of of being married. Right. And that myth was love is what holds a marriage together. And we changed that, that myth or that lie or that untruth to commitment to growing your relationship is what holds a marriage together. So commitment is is several things. Uh, first of all, it's not insisting that you always have your own way. It is looking at what's best for the for the team and being willing to flex and understand your teammate. Uh, just think, if you lost every argument that you had with somebody, you would feel pretty deflated and uh, unmotivated and devalued. And the same thing happens in a marriage. If there's a consistent winner and loser, and the, and the loser is going to feel like they are not valued in the relationship. And that will kill a marriage over time. Absolutely kill it. So that's one. What's another aspect of commitment there, Autumn? Well, I think commitment is an attitude. It's an overall attitude that you have towards your relationship that you both are aware of. So if, if you have this attitude of forgiveness and something occurs in your relationship, you have a choice. You can hold a grudge. You can bring it up again and again and again. Or if right from the get-go you say, I'm going to have an attitude of forgiveness, and you look at your teammate and you go, you know, this occurred in our relationship and this hurt me, but you and I have this value, this attitude of forgiveness, and I forgive you. And then you move on with your relationship instead of trying to get back and pay back in any way that you can. And, and you do that by bringing it up over and over again, telling other people about it, dwelling on it in your own mind. You just give that up and say, that is not going to be valuable to this relationship. That's what we're talking about, your commitment to growing the relationship. It has to be based on those kinds of values. Right. And the right along with that is being kind. I mean, we can choose when we feel hurt, we can choose to respond in kind and try and hurt the other person back. Or we can... We, we can choose to be kind in understanding and do the right thing, take the high road, so to speak, uh, in our response. Exactly. I could think just the other day when I could sense that you were getting a little impatient, you know, I said, Alan, you know, I know that it's hard to understand me and I know that, you know, you're getting impatient with me. So, you know, help me understand what you're feeling and what you're thinking right now instead of, you know, going, oh, here we, here you go again, you know, treating me like that, and I don't deserve that. And then you have World War II. You are kind to one another. Right, and it, and it really changed. I mean, we talked through something that in the past might have really carried on, and we talked through it in about three minutes. It was, uh, it was really great to have that kind of, a, of approach. And nobody had to win. It was a team win. Right, because I recognized that I was, I was not understanding where Autumn was coming from, and she had some very valid points that I had totally missed. So um, I felt like we definitely came up with a better solution after we really listened and understood each other. And uh, it was very uh, good. As a matter of fact, I think I gave you a kiss and said thanks for hanging in there. Thank you. So, so it's all about commitment. <clears throat> what makes marriage work for the long term is that commitment. So... There is another myth that we're going to be talking about, and uh, that myth is myth number five. It takes work to make a good marriage. Yeah, and how do you spell work? W-O-R-K. How about T-I-M-E? <laughs> it takes time. <laughs> and what kind of time? So you're going to change that myth or that falsehood that it does not take work to make a good marriage. You're telling us it takes time. And what kind of time are you talking about? Well, I mean, we, you know, it's very easy to say it takes quality time together. <clears throat> so it's not the amount of time, 
it's quality time. And to a degree, that's true. But a quality minute is not going to make for a strong marriage. It does take a certain amount of time to invest in the relationship. And we find time for the things that are important to us, uh, whether it's our job, our hobby, fishing, whatever it is, we find time for it. And yet we often take our spouse for granted and we don't find time for the relationship or for the family. You know, when you think about winning teams, how much time do they spend together? You know, they practice in the morning, they practice at night, they have their games, they travel to games together. They're, they probably hang out together as, as friends a lot. So they're together a lot. And when, when you look at a team like that, and then you, you kind of relate it to a marriage relationship, how much time do couples actually spend together working as a team? And, and that is truly a key. It is, um, it is time that can be spent in a way that builds up the relationship. So often we spend time when we're first meeting one another dating. And I can remember when we were dating, that's, you know, I'd be in class or something. That was all I was thinking about was getting, you know, through with class so we could go out together and hang out and have fun. And that was a predominant value that I had. And it really made a difference. And I think that's very common for people. When we're in that dating phase, we do spend so much time with the other person. And if we can't be with them, we spend time thinking about them, writing to them, um, but we're focused on them. And that comes through in the relationship. And it really does make for those very strong feelings and those strong bonds that are formed very early on. So it, it, it can't be done without a certain amount of time investment. So what are some ways that you can make time for the relationship? Uh, Anything come to mind to you, honey? Well, when you think about, you know, time together, that's what we're talking about. It can't be with the kids around or with other people around. That's not the quality time that you use to build your own relationship. When you go out to dinner with another couple, you're spending all your time talking to them. You know, the gals talk to the gals, the guys talk to the guys, and you're not building your own relationship. So that's what we're talking about is the two of you going out and not talking about the day-to-day events like who's going to pick up Johnny and take him to soccer practice. But, you know, what was the best thing that happened to you this week, honey? What was the worst thing that happened to you this week? Is there anything that I can help you with? What causes stress in your life? Those kinds of questions and discussion topics between the two of you, 15 minutes even a day, makes a big difference to to connect like that. You know, and and I didn't share this with you earlier, but... Uh, this morning I was uh, going to pay some bills early in the morning, and Autumn and I started talking as as we were having having uh, coffee together, and got into this discussion that sort of just flowed, and it was really a good discussion. It lasted about forty five minutes, and I'd come up to get the coffee and figured I was going to go back down and get the bills paid and then be ready for the day. And uh, it was just amazing that I felt a real quality in the conversation that was totally unplanned and unscheduled. And while I had that nagging, I got to go pay bills in the back of my mind, I realized that uh, what we were doing was much more valuable than than uh, paying the bills. Although paying the bills is pretty <laughs> valuable. <laughs> I need to do both. Thank you. I appreciated that a lot this morning. So that is, that is a, the other myth or the fifth myth. And when we come back from break, we're going to be talking to you about the sixth myth uh, that can really wreak havoc with a marriage. So if you would like to share your myths and what you've learned through your years of marriage and how you've overcome 
the myths that got in your way, you can give us a call at 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. And we'll be taking those calls when we come back from break. is right here with coaches Alan Autumn Ray, the marriage team on KPAM 860. Welcome back to Marriage Team. You're here with Coach Al and I'm Coach Autumn and we're marriage coaches. And today we're talking about the myths and truths of married life. And we're just going to review the myths that we've talked about today. Myth number one was the purpose of marriage is our personal happiness. Well, one of the things we talked about was having time together. The, the two of you as a team. So this week we thought, if you're going to have some time together, maybe you could go over these myths and have a discussion time, which would be quality time because you wouldn't be talking about the kids or the dogs or school or work. You'd be talking about your relationship. So Alan and I are going to post these myths on our website. That's marriageteam.org, marriageteam.org. And you can download those and then have your together time. Uh, talking about these myths and what they mean in your own relationship. So that first myth was the purpose of marriage is our personal happiness. And maybe you'll want to challenge each other to look at that instead of personal happiness, the purpose of marriage is our team happiness. And what will you do this week to create team happiness? And myth number two, the goal of married life is to get my mate to submit to my way of thinking. And as you're doing your discussion with each other, you could discuss, what could I do this week to submit my way of thinking to our way of thinking? Or let me understand you better. So that would be the challenge for that myth. And then the third myth we went over is called, love is what holds a marriage together. Now I want you to remember that myths are not true. They're untruths. So if that is not true, what is true? Well, commitment to growing your relationship is what holds a marriage together. So during your time together this week, you can have a discussion about how are the two of us committed to growing our relationship? What can we do to make that a priority, growing our relationship? And then we had another myth, love is a feeling. Did did we talk about that one, Alan? Uh, Yes, and we talked about it in the context of Eric's call as the well commitment. as a commitment and redefining it. The love from being, love is not a feeling. It is a decision. It is a commitment. An attitude. An attitude. It's a way of life, being right. kind to one another. So the challenge there is how are we exhibiting that attitude to each other? Or what can we do differently in our relationship to exhibit that attitude of forgiveness, kindness, forbearance, perseverance, that commitment that no matter what happens, we're going to stick stick together and work it out. We had another the last myth just before we went to break. It takes work to make a good marriage, and Alan says you spell work T-I-M-E. It takes time, and that's where we've put together these myths so that the two of you can have time together over coffee, in the car traveling. Talk about one of these myths sometime during the week. So if it takes time to build a good marriage, what are the two of you going to do differently this week to build that time into your relationship? And Alan, I think we had one more myth that we wanted to talk to our listeners about today. We did. And that myth is, 
I can change my teammate. And we often think... <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> we often think that, oh, if we get married, he will change. I can change him. And uh, as a matter of fact, there's a joke that goes along with that. Women tend to think that they can change their, their husband and, uh, and that he will change. And husbands tend to think that their wives won't change. So, you know, the husband marries an attractive uh, woman and uh, he thinks that she won't change. But after a couple of kids and uh, being married for 10, 15 years, she does change. And uh, that wasn't it doesn't meet his expectations. And uh, she felt that after being married and having kids, he'd be a great dad. But he still isn't fit in that mold. So he hasn't changed. So often it's our expectations about change that create the problems in our in our relationship, because we do expect that uh, my teammate is going to change and that we can, in fact, be an agent for that change. Well, I think the problem comes when you're married uh, after a while and you realize they're not going to change and that things aren't going to be different and you've had this myth in your head uh, that that you will change and it'll be this euphoric relationship, you know, 100% of the time. So when that happens, what do you do about it? Well, it makes it, it, it makes it real difficult, and it's those dashed expectations that really cause people to start to look outside the marriage, uh, to look at, with the, with the other myth that goes along that my marriage is supposed to make me happy, and now all of a sudden things aren't going the way you expected, your marriage isn't making you happy, your teammate hasn't changed to come along and to meet your needs, and all of a sudden you become very dissatisfied uh, with the marriage and the relationship. And at that time, you have a choice. You can either become better or bitter. You can decide that you're going to uh, take the responsibility for changing what you can change. And this well, is... Th yeah, that's good. Because if the myth is, I can change my mate, then what's the truth? The truth is, I can change... Myself. Me. Only me. Yeah, myself. And, th and that is the truth. You can only change yourself. And Dr. Kerry, Gary Chapman does a really good job of outlining this in his book, Desperate Marriages. And he talks about the responsibility that we have to take charge of our attitude and not let our emotions drive our attitude and drive our behavior. And that we can make choices, conscious choices, that will in effect impact our marriage. And that when we create the environment, the positive environment, when we take the high road, when we take those behaviors that may be exactly opposite to the way we're feeling, when we've been hurt but yet we're kind, when we forgive even though it has been a couple of times that we've been hurt, when we take those actions, we create an environment that will influence our spouse to change. We can't make them change, but we can create an environment that will encourage change. And what he says is that really that is the only thing that you can do is to create that environment for change. Well, and as you're talking about that, I'm thinking you're going to feel better about yourself anyway, even if you're doing the right thing and the other person isn't changing. Again, you don't have any control over that. But if you're taking the high road, if you're being the mature person, if you're doing the right things, you're going to feel better about yourself. Correct. Now, Gary Chapman goes along with that and talks about establishing safe boundaries. And uh, he none of this is talking about being a doormat or being abused. Uh, it's talking about just doing the right things. And doing the right things can involve setting up safe boundaries and uh, drawing the line in a, in a loving, caring way. 
And for those listeners that, that are out there that may be struggling with this, with situations like this, where they are uh, in, in a situation where they do feel like they're a doormat, I would encourage you, we would encourage you to get counseling, to get some help to figure out how you set up safe boundaries so you can be protected and you can create an environment that will encourage your spouse to change because it's those boundaries that are set up that in fact will set up an environment that will encourage change. If there's ever going to be a change, that is the way change occurs is with taking those actions that you can control and only you can control. So rather than being a victim, this last one, um, uh, the myth is I can change my teammate. The reality is you can change yourself. You don't have to be a victim in your in your marriage or your relationship. Uh, you can take charge of those things that you can be responsible for. And, uh, and one of them could be getting outside help if you're in that situation that Gary Chapman calls a desperate marriage. If you want to have and maintain a beautiful and meaningful marriage, you do have to exert a lot of effort. But what are the benefits of exerting that effort? We heard from one of our callers today, and, you know, looking back over 30 years of marriage, you know, our caller said, it's good. You know, they really like being together. They really enjoy each other. It was worth the ups and downs that they experienced. You have all the memories of you know, when you first began to now, many, many years later, there's so much to be said for that. You don't, you're not trading kids back and forth. You don't have multiple families in multiple locations. There's much to be said for that in this day and age. And as I think back to how we opened our show with Alan's dad's 90th birthday party, here all the kids are gathered with their intact marriages and the grandkids. And what a legacy to Dad and on his 90th birthday to see us all come from all parts of the United States to celebrate with him. That's worth it. Right. And at the time, I did share with the, with the people that were there that uh, my dad had a lifelong marriage. And my mother's passed away. But it was that legacy that has really been a, a very strong factor in our own relationship. As a matter of fact... Today, I was just reading a statistic that if you come from an intact home, you have a 50% uh, better chance of remaining in your own marriage uh, and having a lifelong marriage. So that's a huge uh, impact. We thank you for listening to us today. You've been listening to Marriage Team, and we hope you'll join us again next week to, to hear more uplifting stories and information on how you can have a winning marriage.